15th of October, 1932. When the morning arrived, Louisa Cannon, as she still was, lay for a while between the sheets, looking up to the ceiling as she studied the contents of her mind. She had slept deeply in an unfamiliar bedroom and wondered now if this was perhaps not a good thing. Weren't nerves expected, possibly even necessary? A display of excitement and trepidation for what lay ahead was conventional, even if one was hopeful and optimistic. Yet Louisa was sure that she felt completely calm and safe, as if she knew she'd been away too long and was at last on her way home. At that moment, she heard noises on the landing, a shuffling of feet and fervent whispers beyond her door. Louisa smothered her laughter as the brass doorknob turned slowly and a voice of protestation was hushed severely. She saw three sisters standing in the doorway, looking at her with huge eyes. The smallest girl hopping from foot to foot with her usual impatience. It's all right, said Louisa. You can come in. Nanny said we weren't to disturb, the tall blonde said. But I knew you wouldn't mind. This was Jessica, known to all as Decker. Fifteen years old and with a determined set to her mouth, hardly different in temperament from the three-year-old with long curls Louisa met when she arrived to work for the Mitford family. Then, there had been five young sisters and one brother. The youngest, Deborah, had not yet been born. She came up now to Louisa's bedside, her blonde hair cropped to just below her ears, and handed over a piece of folded card. I pressed some cornflowers for you, said Debo. Something blue. She smiled shyly, and Louisa smiled back. Thank you, Miss Deborah. I shall keep them in my pocket, and they'll bring me luck. I suppose I'd better get up. There's somewhere I've got to be, isn't there? The younger girls giggled at that, told her Nanny had made breakfast, and they were going to go next door to see their mother and father, Lord and Lady Reedsdale, the former of whom was likely tapping his watch as they spoke. The eldest of the three had said nothing throughout, but watched Louisa with a steady gaze. Miss Unity? Louisa reflected that while the other sisters wore their hearts and their tempers on their sleeves, Unity tended to the more unsentimental approach. As a small child, she had often retreated alone to corners, and when she spoke, it was usually to Decker in their own secret language. Do you really love him? She asked simply, her eyes still fixed on Louisa. But Louisa was able to reply with a steadfast look of her own. I do. Unity nodded solemnly and left the room, ushering her sisters before her. Louisa savoured her breakfast with Nanny Bloor, elderly now with her red hair faded to a rusty grey, though stalwart and bustling about the place as comfortingly as ever. Afterwards, Louisa put on her only new, a steel-coloured silk hat with a silvered veil. She pinned it carefully and was buttoning her coat up in front of the mirror in the small hall. She was staying in the Mews Cottage at the back of the Mitford's London house in Rutland Gate, 
when the front door banged open noisily. Nancy and Tom, the first and third in the lineup of siblings, came rushing in, bringing some of the cold October air with them. Lulu, said Nancy affectionately, kissing her on the cheek. She was only a little younger than Louisa and not yet married herself, though she'd been nothing less than generous when Louisa had told her about her engagement. Don't you look divine? She shot her brother a look, nudging him to approve the compliment. Yes, yes, said Tom. Very good indeed. Marvellous hat. He was tall, dark and handsome, like a hero in a romantic novel, and Louisa knew had women all over Europe longing for him to ask them to dance. With Louisa's father long dead, she had nervously asked Tom to walk her down the aisle.